0: Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovis podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer, Action Network star. Uh, uh, easy with Matt, that. Matt, Matt, Matt Lamarck's the spot. <laughs> Matt Lamarca You can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it
1: going? Yeah, going good. Cleaned up my, my recording uh, area over the weekend. So I feel like I have all this extra room in here. It's great.
0: Oh, that's definitely nice. I uh, I could definitely stand for a, a cleanup over here. I'm sure my wife would agree.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, bad with it. Like I do it like once a year because, you know, you get all this junk mail and my my thing is I just open it, read it, and then leave it on the, the table that I use. Yeah. And after a while, it gets to be where it's like an inch thick of just unopened envelopes and just crap all over the place. So I need to purge it.
0: Gotta purge. And uh, before we get into today's show, so I remind you guys that you can support the Road of His Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Road of His Live, which will be our weekly Sunday morning show answering all of your fantasy questions. I'll, I will be one of the hosts of that show, so if you uh if you love the Amixta, you can come check that out.
1: Always need more Amixta. Uh,
0: definitely. Uh, the patronships start at just $5 per month, and they provide exclusive access to Road of His Live. That's four shows per month. On top of the 40 podcasts for just $5, become a RotoViz Radio patron today. Join the community of listeners, it gives you access to the content. And of course, it helps to support not just this show, not just that show, but the entire podcast network helps us to grow and to continue to provide high quality, industry leading programming. And speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get that 30% discount that we always pimp on here to RotoViz NFL Pass through the podcast homepage, rotovis.com slash podcast, NFL season is approaching very quickly, so make sure you get access to all of our awesome NFL content. Now today, we're talking NFL win totals. I mean, this is this will probably be two of my favorite shows that we'll do all year. Um, I love win totals. We're going to talk NFC win totals today, AFC on next week's show. All lines, of course, are courtesy of my bookie, mybookie.ag.
1: You pay you when you get paid.
0: That's what I hear. <laughs> so first up, we're just going to go from, uh, you know, greatest implied uh, win total all the way to the bottom. And, of course, we're going to start with your Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, listed win total is at 10 with the over juiced 140. Under is plus 110. Matt, what do you think of Philly?
1: Yeah, I really like Philly. I think we're going to be in agreement here. The, the big edge that they have right now is that they're paying – Carson Wentz, so little money, you know, they're able to pay him and one of the best backups in the game in Nick Foles, and they're spending just uh, 17th at the position in 2018, and when you do that, similar to, you know, what we saw with Seattle when they had Russell Wilson, what we're seeing with the Rams right now, it allows you to spend up for elite talent at the other spots on your roster, so, you know, they're spending pretty big money on the offensive line and the defense, which obviously gives them you know, big edges there compared to other teams. So uh, even though they play in a tough division, you know, the Giants and the Cowboys are definitely threats, in my opinion, to challenge for the playoffs. Uh, I do like the Eagles over here at minus 140. I think that this is probably the most talented team in the league when you can, you know, when you factor in every single position on the team.
0: Yeah, probably one of the best run teams in football right now. They've made a ton of moves. Obviously, like you said, having Wentz there, is a pretty big boost. And I, I am obviously a pessimistic Giants man. So I don't think that they're a super threat. I think the Redskins are going to be really bad. And, bad, uh, bad
1: Redskins this year.
0: Yeah. And Dallas doesn't really play defense. Like they'll score. Like, I guess they'll be tough. Um, you know, they play like a high variance style of football, but I think, uh, I think Philly is clearly the class of the NFC East. And if you look at kind of the rest of the schedule, like the NFC South, is a good division so um you know some tough matchups out of there but you know I think overall if you just look at you know, the quality of the team the quality of the most of the opponents on the schedule uh, I definitely like over here for Philly
1: Yeah so and just just to to speak on that uh Warren Sharp reeked all of the schedules and they have the Eagles have having the ninth easiest this year so love that's it. another boon for them
0: I love it that's, a, that's, by the way, that's why, like, I think all this stuff when people talk about, like, oh, like, they have a first-place schedule, they have a fourth-place schedule. Like, that stuff doesn't really matter to me because it really only affects, like, a couple games. Like, you play right. you play your division twice, so that's six games. You play two other divisions, that's another eight games. So that's 14 games. Yep. So literally just two games is affected by, like, where you finish in the standings.
1: Right, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like, that means that the Eagles should have the toughest schedule in the NFC East, but it doesn't mean that the NFC East as a whole is going to have a tough schedule. So, yeah, totally in agreement with you there. All right, let's move on
0: to Minnesota, who I think is uh, a sexy team on the come up. We know that they signed Kirk Cousins this offseason. They've extended a pretty big part, uh, pretty big parts of their offense. Their over-under is also set at 10, juiced a little bit less, just slightly under uh, what Philly was, minus 130. And uh, the under right now is even money, Matt. What do you think of, of Minnesota?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go over again here. Uh, I really like when teams have an edge salary-wise, and the Vikings' edge comes from their pass catchers. You know, they're paying virtually nothing for Thielen and Diggs right now, yet that's one of the best one-two combos in the league. You know, it allowed them to go out and get Cousins. Their defense is obviously a monster, and they should have Dalvin Cook back you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, and that gives them just a really, really nice, talented base on both sides of the ball. So um, the one scary factor for me is that, you know, they do play in the same division as the Packers. If Rogers is healthy, you know, facing them twice could mean that they're going to lose two of those games. But, you know, I like the idea of them at least splitting and then getting enough wins on the rest of their schedule that they can go over here.
0: Yeah, and they make up for, I think, Maybe a little bit of a tougher divisional schedule at the top, uh, with having to face you know Chicago, who I still don't think is that good, and playing the AFC East, who outside of the Patriots,
1: right, uh, that should you know, be three wins. It's pretty bad, <laughs> right?
0: Exactly. So I like I like again what Minnesota has. I mean, Minnesota last year I thought was probably one of the best two or three teams, at least in the NFC, and uh, you know they got a huge quarterback upgrade. So when you upgrade like the most important position, you bring. Pretty much all your key components back on defense, all your skill players back. You get your star running back back. Uh, things are certainly uh, pointing up for Minnesota. Um, the Packers, also at 10, uh, they are an underdog here to go over, or a slight dog. That's minus 105 on the over, but minus 125 on the under. Uh, Matt, what do you think about Green Bay this year?
1: Yeah, I think that this line is really just a testament to how good Aaron Rodgers is. Because if you look at the rest of their roster, man, it is tough. Their defense in particular, you know, I don't think that they're much improved from a unit that was 20th last year in DVOA. They're spending a ton of money on their pass rushers, but I don't think that they're necessarily an above average tandem at this point with Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. Like this team just to me is not good. And then on the offensive side of the ball, this might be the least amount of talent that Rodgers has had to work with. You don't figure that that matters a ton, given how good he is. But you know, he relied on Jordy Nelson for a long time. Uh, I'm still not sold on Devontae Adams as a good football player. You know, they did bring in Jimmy Graham, but he's looked to have deteriorated since his time in New Orleans. You know, if he can make this as elite a unit as it's been in the past, I think it's just purely on the fact that Rogers is one of the greatest quarterbacks this game has ever seen. So given that, uh, I'm going to go with the under here. I think that that's the side in my opinion, but uh, you know, it's always scary to go against Rogers. So I I understand if, you know, you're hesitant. I know you won't be, but but if the general (laughs) public is hesitant, I understand that as well.
0: I mean, listen, you know, I think Rogers is a little, at least a little overrated, but I still respect his game. Um, The team, like you said, is just not that good. Like, they they improved the secondary a little bit, like, in the draft. I thought they had a a nice draft in the secondary. They drafted Jair Alexander. They drafted Josh Jackson. Um, So they have – they got, you know, pretty much two first-round caliber cornerbacks in the draft, which I think will definitely help because they've just been getting gashed by, you know, stud receivers. Um, But I still think that Minnesota is better. And, you know, like – I think, like, the difference here for me between, like, them and a team like Minnesota is that, like, Minnesota has a lot of avenues to a win. You know, their defense, their quarterback play, their running back play. Like, Green Bay really has to win through Rodgers. So, like, this is going to be close, I think, if Rodgers plays all 16 games. It's obviously evident by the line. But, like, once we factor in the fact that Rodgers has missed time over the last few seasons... Uh, I think this becomes an underbet. Like if he misses any games, that's like, oh, that's an L. Yeah, agreed. Let's get to the Rams. Nine and a half point, uh, nine and a half game win total. One hundred and eighty minus one hundred and eighty to the over, and plus one hundred and fifty to the under. This is a huge one. Obviously, the Rams made a ton of moves in the offseason. Uh Matt, what do you think of LA?
1: Yeah, this is this is tough for me. I was honestly fully expecting to go with the over here, but. Given the way that the juice is set up, I think I'm going to take the under. You know, their schedule figures to be much harder this season. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more down the line with some of the other teams in the NFC West. But the the West really had a brutal draw in terms of scheduling. Um, well, I'm still not a firm believer in Jared Goff. I know that he put up great numbers in his second year, but uh, to me, that was more a testament to the system. Uh, I really like. Sean McVay, but the NFL has kind of shown us that over time the more you see something, the harder it is to continue to do that with a lot of success. So their scheme I think given time, you know, for opposing defenses to study it more, I think that you can make an argument that they're not going to be as good on offense this year. So, uh I'm I'm going to take the under. I don't feel great about it. But I'm going to, you know, sort of ask Jared Goff and Sean McVay to prove me wrong.
0: Yeah. Now, a few weeks ago, this was at nine. And I really liked it at nine because it let me push at nine. Um, Nine and a half makes it a little tougher. I'm still going to go over. I I just think that the Rams overall, top to bottom, have the chance to be one of the three best teams in all of football. Uh, They have to get the Aaron Donald thing figured out. Like, absolutely. Have to pay him. Have to get him in. Have to have him. Uh but if you just look at like how they did last year, uh they won eleven games and their Pythagorean win total was over twelve. So if right. we're going to, based off of like what they scored and what they gave up, uh we're basically getting a three win discount off of you know their breakout season last year. And since then they've added uh Kong Su, Marcus Peters, Sam Shields, Akib Talib, uh, and Brandon Cooks. Like they've added, you know, stud players at a couple different positions. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna just trust the talent here. I think that there's definitely a uh, blow up, uh, I guess you call it downside with this kind of a roster, kind of like what we saw with the Eagles a few years ago. Um, probably about six or seven years ago now, but, uh, I, I, was, I still like the over here.
1: Yeah. The juice is really what does it for me because over minus 180 is really more like a 10 or 10 and a half win projection. Um, and that tells me that the books are kind of taking a stand on it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Like, again, it's hard to look at the roster and not love the talent there. But I just, I have a thing about backing teams without elite quarterbacks for big seasons. You know, given how pass happy the league has become and how important the passing game has become. So, uh, that's, that's really my concern. If it was nine and a half and the over was minus 120, I'd be more inclined to take the over here. But uh, I think, given the juice, like that's that's really my biggest concern.
0: Do you think that the Ram? Do you think that the NFC West or the NFC North is t- is a tougher division? Mm-hmm. Just to bring this full circle with what we were talking about with Minnesota and uh, Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I would say the North because the Cardinals and the Seahawks, I think, are just really bad. Okay, yeah, um, I agree. You know, and and like I I would say those two teams are clearly worse than the Bears and the Lions. So uh, even though you know, the Packers Vikings might be a better one, two combo than the Rams Niners. I just think that the bottom of that division is, is really has the potential to be trash.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, now one team that was not trash last year, the saints nine and a half game win total. Uh, they bring back again, pretty much everybody on the offensive side. They had, you know, offensive rookie of the year. They had defensive rookie of the year. They, you know, they obviously are coming off a great season. Uh, over 9.5 is minus 150. Under is plus 120. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to what you think about the defense, right? I mean, if you think that the defense can replicate what they've done or what they did last year, this is a team that could potentially go over. But I'm skeptical. Uh I just don't know if they have the talent on that side of the ball. The offense should ball out, right? I mean, they, they have Drew Brees, who... Is coming off of one of his best seasons ever in terms of efficiency. They still have, you know, an elite one, two punch at running back once Mark Ingram comes back, but I I just don't see it on the defensive side of the ball. You know, trading up for Marcus Davenport, I thought was an interesting decision. You know, they gave up a lot for him. So maybe they think that he is the bookend pass rusher to Cam Jordan that this team has kind of been searching for. But barring, you know, him turning in and putting in a borderline, you know, defensive rookie of the year uh, season, I just, I, I just don't see it on that side of the ball. What, what do you think?
0: No, I agree with you. I mean, I think that this is a team that obviously they were much better on defense last year, but I think that the results were greater than their play. I think they got really fortunate with turnovers. Uh, they had 20 interceptions last year. That was third in the league behind only Baltimore and Jacksonville. I don't I don't think that New Orleans is that kind of a team. I think that they just got very fortunate. Uh obviously they do have talent now. I mean they and they did draft Davenport who they expect to assist at the pass rush. But I think that uh the Saints are the kind of defense that unlike a team like Jacksonville, who's just kind of like elite everywhere, a team like Baltimore it's like very elite everywhere. Uh New Orleans is playing the style of football uh kind of like what we saw from like those Colts teams and they paid Manning, where it's like we're really just trying to get turnovers to get so to get more possessions for our offense. We're not really expecting to like limit your ability to, to score points. And uh, I don't think that like long-term that works. Like I think game-to-game game, that can work when you have a good offense. But over the course of a season, I just don't think you can bank on getting those turnovers and uh, that resulting in wins. So I, uh, I like to under myself here. I think that... The NFC South is a really, really good division. I really respect Carolina. I really respect Atlanta. Uh, I even think Tampa Bay is pretty good. Um, so yeah, I know you're you're not really into that, but I uh, I, I just don't think you know. And, and out of comp, out of division, they still play Pittsburgh. They play Philly. They play LA. They play Minnesota. Uh, they play Baltimore. They don't really have a great uh, out of division schedule. So I'm gonna go under.
1: Yeah, and to put that in perspective, sixth toughest schedule per sharp football. So um, it'll also be interesting to see uh, the the home road splits. I, I didn't really dive into that, unfortunately. But if they have some tougher road games, you know, this is a team that historically takes care of business at home, struggles on the road. So if they have a, a tougher road schedule, that's another thing that uh, could work against them.
0: All right, let's uh, move on to the Carolina Panthers. Win total is set at nine. Over is plus 130. Under is minus 160. Not a lot of love here for Carolina, Matt. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this is a close one, but I am gonna go over again given the juice. I like the plus 130 on the over. Um, they were 24th in offensive DVOA last season, and I think that this this side uh, this team this year has the potential to finish much higher. This is arguably the most talented group of pass catchers that Cam has ever worked with. You know, if Greg Olson comes back and he's healthy, you know, Devin Funches showed flashes of a number one. They just spent a first round pick on DJ Moore, who I know you're super high on. Mm. And obviously Christian McCaffrey just dominating the preseason so far, uh, making me feel a little bit nervous about the fact that I gave someone a hundred to one to uh, lead the league in rushing. But he still figures to do most of his uh, damage, you know, catching passes out of the backfield in the slot. So I think if they um, live up to their expectation on that side of the ball for me, I think that this this unit should be really, really good.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I am, at this point, I'm just, I'm basically a Cam Newton stand. Like, I just, I just think the guy is really undervalued. I know... That he's not a great quarterback in a traditional sense, but he is just so dangerous. And like to me, this division is just going to be really, really tight. So I look at uh, Carolina. I look at Atlanta, who we'll talk about uh, next. Like I think that you're get and in New Orleans. Like I think Carolina being, uh, you know, at nine wins and getting the worst over juice. I think that you're getting like a little arbitrage here on like a division that I think is ultimately going to come down to like one game. I uh, think
1: that's so, fair. Yeah. I yeah, think that's so fair. I
0: like, so I like the over. Uh, Atlanta. Minus 155 on the over, plus 125 on the under. They are also at nine. Uh so they are basically the second favorites in this division. I think that we I think we're fans of, of the Falcons on this show, Matt, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna default to you here.
1: I am a super fan of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it felt like their offense was a big disappointment last year. They still finished third in DVOA, but this team has the potential to finish, you know, first again in this season, like they did in, in 2016 and do it by a significant margin. Like they're that talented. Um, Julio Jones is my boy. You know, I've, I've been drafting him all over the place in fantasy leagues at the back end of the first round early second round like I think he is just just prime for a big season uh I'm expecting some you know more similarities to what they did in 2016 in terms of play calling they kind of opened it up a little bit down the stretch of the season last year and ended up uh you know pulling off a big win in the playoffs I think that they will lean on that again for a full season in 2018 so I think that this unit for sure has the potential to put up a huge season. And even with them disappointing a bit on the offensive end last year, they still won 10 games. So uh, I like this team a lot this season. Like I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm buying their futures. I'm buying them in fantasy. Give me all the Falcons.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I've talked about this a little bit, like the stuff that Sark has done wrong has been like really, really bad situational play calling. Like he's been really bad, you know, like fourth and one against, New England, he runs, like, an end around. Like, that's bad. Like, the play calling and the playoffs against uh, Philly at the end of games, bad. But, like, game to game and on, over the course of the season, Atlanta was really good. I mean, Atlanta, outside of, like, touchdowns, which obviously is important, but, like, outside <laughs> of putting the ball, like, in the actual end zone, they were just as good as they were last year, probably better. Uh, sorry, two years ago. Probably better. The difference is that they got, they ended up on the wrong side of variance. They didn't do great job, at, you know, as good a job putting the ball in the end zone. Um, but I feel like that's that's due to bounce back. I think that Atlanta still obviously has great pieces. Uh, their defense overall has improved over the off season, uh, and this is a team that went from having you know one of the oldest rosters in the league uh, before the draft, before the the off to uh, you know they've gotten a lot younger. So I, I like kind of what Atlanta's doing. Again, this is why I'm kinda off uh, the Saints, but I think I will go over here on nine. Again, I think I think nine is the number you want in this division because I, I think that you could get three teams nine or seven nine and seven or better. Uh, and then you know, at worst you're just pushing. Makes sense. Let's move on to the Niners. Uh, America's new team, Jimmy G in the house. Eight and a half win total. The over is plus 130. The under, minus 160. Under is a favorite, Matt. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, my gut is just screaming to me that the Niners are overrated right now. You know, like, we're, we're really taking five games or six games from a quarterback and just extrapolating it, which I think is just a huge mistake. You know, like, looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously super impressive. Kyle Shanahan, offensive genius, but, like... Outside of those two guys, nothing really sticks out to me on this roster. Um, I think that it might be a little too much too soon, so I'm going with the under. I don't feel good about it, um, but I just think that this team might have more growing pains than people expect this season.
0: I am going over, and like you, Matt, I was coming into this thinking, oh, Niners overrated, don't want them, bet against them, fade them, whatever. But here are some numbers for you. So yeah, let's go. Tell Garop- me. Garoppolo's five starts to end the season. San Francisco scored 144 points and allowed just 99. So if we use that to calculate a Pythagorean win expectation, it would be 75.8% of their games. Now, obviously, they won all those games, uh, but they basically were expected to win 75% of them. So they're, they're pretty much a 12-win team. Based on what they did over the last five games, 2017. Now, obviously, we don't expect them to be quite as good. I think, especially on offense. But I mean, well, I shouldn't actually. I shouldn't even say that because, you know, they had a couple really, really big games, but they also had a bunch of games where all they got was field goals. So I, I actually don't think that like the points that they scored is super unreasonable to happen. But even if even if we expect regression like on that production we're still spotted, you know, basically three and a half wins. So I really like that. Um, If you look at the Pythagorean wins of the teams that they played in that five game stretch, it was 8.6. The average win total of uh, teams on the 49ers schedule this year is just eight. So uh, not a huge difference in strength of schedule. So, uh, you know, they may not win the division because I really think that LA is very good, but I do think that we're getting spotted uh, a lot here. Like I, I kind of would, I kind of thought that this number would be a little higher for them. I actually thought their win total maybe would be at nine. So I think at eight and a half, we're getting a a good number. And if you look at some of the stuff that the Action Network has done, uh, they posted this, a really good article uh, 16 best NFL win total bets. Chiefs had upside with Patrick Mahomes. Talk about that next week. But uh, they basically gave like a projection for every team and for the 49ers. They have them at 68.1% to go over. So the fact that we're getting them at plus money, I think makes this a really good bet.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, going off the numbers, I have no problem with it. I just think, you know, again, a five-game stretch, that's, 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 that's dangerous in my opinion. It's Not the lot. same thing as looking at a receiver who, you know, dominated in four games where the other starting receiver was out. And then that guy leaves and it's like, oh, if you just extrapolate those results, you know, he's going to score 900 points this season. <laughs> it's a lot of this, like, to me, like, it's this a lot of the same stuff that's going on with Deshaun Watson in Houston. So it's it's interesting for sure. I do think that the numbers that you mentioned are a little inflated by the fact that they played a Rams team in week 17 that, you know, clearly wasn't trying very much. Um But yeah, like if if it's if you do buy Jimmy G and the Niners, this is the time to do it. Because if you wait until next year, and they are as good as as you know, some people are expecting them to be, this win total might be ten. So if you like them, this is the time to buy. I'm just a little bit skeptical, but that's fine. You know, we're allowed to disagree, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I I
0: think it'll be. The 49ers are definitely, like, one of the most interesting teams, I think, to follow. Now, sure. before we get into the rest of the NFC, I got to talk a little bit about my bookie. NFL is coming up fast. I mean, we already have preseason NFL, which you can bet. And you can do that at MyBookie.ag. Don't miss out on the opportunity to get, you know, some great lines, some great opportunities to wager on what is obviously the best sport ever created. Uh, join me and thousands of other online players at my bookie. You know, if you're sick and tired of getting the runaround and you ask for a payout, my bookie is absolutely the online sports book for you. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. When you play and you win and you get paid, you actually get paid. You get paid fast, no hassles. Uh, you're definitely wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in game live betting so you can place a bet after kickoff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code Laying the Points to activate this special offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Talked about America's sports book. Now let's talk about America's team. Dallas Cowboys win totals at eight. The over is a big favorite here, minus 150. Under is plus 120. What do you think of the star, Matt?
1: Well, first I have to take a shot at the greatest game. Because I had myself on mute or else I would have said something then, but <laughs> the NFL stinks now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love hey, but to- college football, college football too. I love to bet on it. I love to play fantasy sports on it. But if not for those two things, like the NFL would not really hold my attention very much anymore. And that's, that's the real truth of it, right? Like they have us by the balls because we've all become so addicted to fantasy football and gambling on the games that the product has really kind of been watered down over the past few years. And I get the, you know, the player safety arguments, like I'm I'm all for trying to make the game safer, because too many people have suffered, you know, really, really traumatic life events because of this game. But, you know, like the whole tackling thing right now during the preseason, like it stinks, it's just it's gonna be really tough if that's, that's what it's like during the regular season, because it's impossible to play defense anymore. But anyway, Brief tangent aside, let's talk about the <laughs> Cowboys. Uh I'm going to go over here. I-, I know you're not, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> this really, for me, is all about Sean Lee. If he stays healthy, this team is not just good on defense, but like very good. Um, and when he's out, they're awful. So if he stays healthy, I think that they should breeze over eight wins. Um, they still have... An elite offensive line. They still have one of the best running backs in the game and Zeke Elliott. I think Dak is much better than people give him credit for, you know, sort of like Ross back in the day. I'm not putting him on that pedestal yet. And certainly his tape from last season without Zeke uh, didn't do him any favors. But I think that Dak is still more than capable of managing a game. And I don't think that losing Dez or Witten really is going to matter much. You know, both of those guys were. On the downside of their careers anyway, uh, you know, plugging in different guys should be negligible, in my opinion, in terms of its effect on the offense. So I'm really banking on, you know, some health with Sean Lee, but if that happens, which is obviously always a scary proposition to bet on him being healthy, but if he's healthy for even three quarters of the season, I think they should get to eight wins. So, I mean, I agree
0: with a lot of what you said but I don't think that it'll be enough for Dallas to get over eight wins. Um, for me, I think that their out of division schedule is a little tough. They play, uh, the NFC South, uh, the NFC South, right? Which is a very good division. I think that the AFC South, which they also play is also going to be a pretty tough division this year. So I don't love their schedule. um, you mentioned Sean Lee, and I agree that he is a huge factor, but he is also like really likely to get hurt. Yeah. Um, I, if you just look at Sports Injury Predictor, they have his projected games missed at two point eight for this year, so I think that that obviously has to be a concern. Um, I, I, I and I'm not really confident in like the coaching. Like, I don't think that this is a team that goes into games. With a game plan that is designed to help them maximize their chances to win. I think that they play not to lose. I think they they play games to to be shorter. I think that by definition, shorter games have higher variance, uh, and that's just not something that I really like to bet on. on top of the fact that like just fucked Alice. Um, <laughs> that's the real reasoning. That's the analysis. <laughs> but uh, I uh, I'm gonna go under.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, I think you can make a good case both ways. You mentioned the Action Network article. They really like the under for Dallas. Uh, I just, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for that offensive line and for Zeke. And if they can just keep them in games, I think that they're going to find a way to, you know, grind out clock and, you know, sort of, like you said, use the variance to their favor. They They did that really, really well two years ago. And they honestly were having another fine season last year before he uh, was suspended. So barring a six-game suspension for Zeke or an extended absence for Sean Lee, I- I'm buying this team.
0: Yeah, and for the record, I actually think that the Tyron Smith injury mattered more than the Zeke suspension. Like, they kind of they kind of lined up. Yeah. Uh, but I-, I think, obviously, losing, like, the best left tackle in football probably matters uh, a <laughs> lot.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, Detroit Lions, their their win total is set at eight. I mean, I, I don't think we could necessarily we could really expect it to be much higher when uh, the Vikings and the Packers are both at ten, uh, and the over is only is plus one thirty five. You're getting plus money on that. Under is minus one sixty five. What do you think?
1: They're a maddening team because they just keep pulling out wins in games that you feel like they're going to lose. Like their record in games where they're down three touchdowns has to be so much drastically better than the rest of the league so if they would just stop winning some of those games I think that they're gonna be an easy under um you know like I that's that's my personal feeling so I'm gonna go under here and just hope that that doesn't happen this season
0: yeah this is just so tough for me I wish that this was a three-way line and I can just bet on a push like I <laughs> like I <laughs> I, cause I do think that Detroit is pretty good. Like, I don't think that they're bad. I think offensively, they're very talented. And I think that defensively, while they, they kind of struggled last year, like, obviously you get Patricia in there, you get a whole new defensive staff. Ugh. I think that the, uh, yeah, you don't like Patricia. I think that the, I mean, he's just not Jim Caldwell. Like, is that at least fair? Like, <laughs> Jim Caldwell is terrible. Um, so, like, from that perspective, like, I kind of like, I kind of like what they're doing. So it's really hard, but like you know, again, when you have two teams that are that are projected to win ten games, and I think we'd probably both say that Minnesota and Green Bay will probably win at least nine. Uh, it becomes really difficult to then also get to eight wins, and, and again, they have obviously the same out of conference schedule of those teams, and that schedule is is pretty favorable. Uh, but I, I just think at the end of the day, they're gonna lose too many games in the division to. Uh, To get to eight, so I'll I'll go under.
1: Yeah, if if Matt Patricia's good, it'll be basically the first guy to leave Belichick and also be good. You know, Josh McDaniels excluded possibly. So, you know, I was listening to Bill Simmons and uh, his podcast, and uh, you know, again, like Bill Simmons is a super homer. I don't think he's like super plugged into what the Patriots are doing per se, but um, he says that the. That Belichick basically keeps a lot of stuff away from his coordinators. You know, he's still basically running the show. He doesn't let them see, you know, how the dinner is being made, uh, you know, to, per se. So I'm not buying Patricia, especially after what, uh, Nick Foles just did to his defense in the Super Bowl. So we'll see. I mean, again, it's, it's, I think going and saying that he's going to be bad just because all the other coordinators under Belichick have been bad probably isn't the best process, but I don't know. Something about him just doesn't scream that he's going to be a good coach, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I, supposedly, like, the rumor was that Bill was a little more open this year because he was trying to get Patricia and McDaniels jobs. Um, but you never really know. I mean, what's open Bill? You know, like, open Bill has closed most other people probably still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to Seattle, who I think is just I mean, I don't. can I call them the easiest under on the board, Matt? Will we will we accept that? Like no. Eight?
1: Win total refuse. eight. <laughs> I refuse to let you say that. But I think we're going to agree that it's an under. Win total is at eight. It
0: was at nine a couple weeks ago, which I was smashing. Uh, but the over is plus 140. The the under is minus 170. Obviously, big juice on the under. But what do you make of Seattle this year?
1: Yeah, I I love Russell Wilson. That's the only reason why I say it's not the easiest under on the board, because I think that guy's a magician. You know, he scored every touchdown last season for Seattle except one, I think I read. Like that's just absurd. Um, but yeah, the offensive line is awful. The defense is really on the decline. They don't have a ton of receivers that really stand out to you you know Jimmy Graham was a huge part of the red zone offense like i think that Wilson is going to be able to do enough to keep them relevant and keep them from being an absolute disaster but i still don't think they're going to get to 8 wins
0: yeah i mean seattle at this point i feel like is is colt's west like they have nothing like russell is a stud but they, i mean they're a mess like first of all they brought in schottenheimer to run the offense which <laughs> can only go bad be shot <laughs> um you know they drafted a running back in the first round and now are committing to
1: right they're not gonna like play the
0: undrafted back or you know <laughs> the seventh round backup like they lost the entire legion of boom like richard sherman gone cam chancellor retired earl thomas probably never playing for seattle again like just very very bad on defense now and when you're bad on defense and you don't block well, it's really, really difficult to win games. I know that that's groundbreaking.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but like Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has to be like your like Madden creative player, like your road to the show version. I forget what it's called in Madden,
1: yeah, but knows? like
0: whatever it's called, like he has to be like your created guy that scores all the touchdowns for him to for them to be any good. Yeah, I and think and
1: apparently plays safety. Like, yeah, he, he might have to go two way this year. Right. Um, yeah, no, the mystique of the the gum chomping Pete Carroll has uh has really worn off. You know, there was a time a few years ago when it was like, oh, give this guy anybody and he'll turn him into a good cornerback. Like, no, it actually turns out that he just happened to have, you know, like a really talented group of players all at the same time. So yeah, I agree. Like the 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 skill guys and the defense and if you basically took away russell wilson this would be like a five or four win team so oh
0: absolutely that it's uh if they make the playoffs and like he is the no-brainer mvp if they even hit eight games honestly he should probably get it
1: <laughs> i love that by the way it took Russell like doing everything by himself to finally get some respect from the media oh i know it, it i mean that was something i was driving the bandwagon i'm like Russell Wilson is good for since his rookie year, but like finally it took him running for his life on every play and, and you know, making miracles happen that people started giving him some respect. So I'm at least happy about that, but I do feel bad for what's about to happen to him this season.
0: Definitely agree. Uh I mean and I guess we're gonna talk Giants now, Matt. I mean the win totals at seven. I think it opened at like six or six and a half. Yeah. And it's now There's at been seven. a
1: lot of action on the Giants over, supposedly.
0: Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> over is minus 160, to your point. Under is plus 140. I mean, just, I don't know. Put me out of my misery here, Matt.
1: I want to take the over, to be honest. Like, I don't think you can... There, are, There are really no other teams in this range that have the sheer number of blue chippers that the Giants do. You know, like if you look at the running back, they have a potential stud in Saquon. They have a stud in Odell Beckham. You know, they have a stud cornerback in Janoris Jenkins. They have a really good safety in Landon Collins. Like Damon Harrison, even though he didn't have a great year last year, still potential stud in the run game. Like they just have a lot of blue chippers on this team. And they did spend, you know, big time money to try and fix the offensive line. They brought in Nate Solder, who you know, is one of the best offensive tackles in the game. They drafted a guy who should uh potentially blast open some holes for Saquon Barkley at guard. Like I think the pieces are here for the Giants to go over. And if we were back, you know, 2 months ago doing this podcast and the line was at 6, I would be saying over for sure. But I think the fact that it's up to 7 and you have to lay -160 at this point You know, in a division where I already like the Eagles and the Cowboys, it's tough for me. So I'm going to say under, but it's this is one that I probably feel least confident about. Like I, I could very easily see the Giants winning eight plus games this year.
0: I mean, the emotional hedge here is obviously the play for me, but (laughs) like they, they have a really tough schedule. Yeah, they play Jacksonville, they play at Houston, uh, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, San Fran. Uh, obviously in division they play Philly they play Dallas uh, at the end of the year they have to play Tennessee and at Indy which I think is gonna be a tough game like there's no there's no real gimmies outside of Washington and uh, you know I guess Tampa you know like there's no real like give on the schedule and that I think that's really hard and I, you know I, I I like what the Giants have done for the most part like I really think they should have drafted Sam Darnold instead of Saquon. But Saquon obviously helps them win more games now.
1: Like the Jerry is it, still out on Darnold, too. I know he's gotten a lot of love, but I haven't been nearly as impressed with his preseason performances as everybody else has. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, a lot it's of downs. Yeah, it's early. Um, you know, I just, I, am just a fan of drafting the
1: quarterback. Yeah, for sure. But I, it's uh, agreed.
0: You know, and they've made improvements up front. We've talked about it a couple times. Like, you know, just, just give Eli a couple seconds to get it out. They have a ton of skilled players and. But it's, like, they have so much to recover, I think, on the defensive side. Like, Landon Collins has to go back to being, like, one of the best players in football on defense. I mean, is Janoris Jenkins even going to play? Like, I don't – like, he's – like, he had that whole thing with, like, his brother, I guess, like, killing someone in his house or something. I don't you know. Yeah,
1: but he's, know. he's already been clear to that. I'm pretty positive, so. Yeah, no, no. I think so, too. But it's just, like, I don't – like – the team
0: had problems last year. Like, they stunk on defense last year, yeah. you know? Like, so it's definitely possible that they stink again, you know? I'm, I'm
1: writing a lot of that off on they just hated the coach and didn't care and, and basically mailed in that season.
0: I hope so. I hope so. Uh, but I think even if I wanted to be optimistic, like you said, the fact that we're getting plus money on the under, I'll, I'll take the under. Redskins, 7 Minus one ten on the over, minus one twenty on the under. This is, I mean, this is one of the more even numbers on the board. Uh, so I guess a tough bet by that. Uh, what do you think?
1: It's going to be an under for me. Um, I do like Alex Smith. Uh, I think that he's better than a lot of people give him credit for, but he still is a clear downgrade from Kirk Cousins. Um, if you look at their schedule, you know we keep saying that the NFC East has a tough road. Uh, they're only projected to be favored in four games right now. So they're going to have to steal some. Uh, and, you know, the, the guy that they were banking on being a big part of their offense this year and Darius Geis is already out for the season. So I think there are a lot of questions here with the Redskins. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Smith got them to, to close to this number, you know, especially if Jordan Reed stays healthy. I know we're both, uh, really big fans of his game, but he's got to stay on the field for that to happen. And uh, I think that the value right now is with the under.
0: I agree with you. I don't have a, a ton else to add. Um, you know, I just think that the Redskins over the last couple of years, like they don't have a ton. They just don't have a ton of good players. Like <laughs> I can't name, like I can't name five really good players that they have, you know, yeah. and that's, that's a problem. You need, I, again, really intense analysis. You need good players to win games. <laughs> uh, and I just don't think the Redskins have any So, well, no, I shouldn't say any But I don't think they have enough Bears, Dub Bears Six and a half uh, win total And This has been like a, a very trendy team Amongst like fantasy Twitter
1: Yeah
0: uh, But the win total obviously still sits pretty low Six and a half Overjuiced at minus 160 Under is plus 130 What do you make of the Bears?
1: I think it can be both, right? Like I think that they can take a step forward this year uh, Especially with their passing game and still not go over this number. So that's where I'm leaning right now. Uh, I think that they the pieces are there, right? For them to start trending in the right direction. If Mitch Trubisky takes some step forward, you know, I think that next year, this could be a team where, you know, they're getting some 49er type buzz, but I just don't see it right now. I think that there's too much of, it's too big of an ask for them, you know, to, Approach of five hundred this season. Like I think there's just too many questions uh, on both sides of the ball for them to uh, to really provide value at that number this season.
0: Yeah, and and they're the worst team in a really good division. I mean, Green Bay and Minnesota. We've talked about. I, I have already just said that I think that Detroit is pretty good. Um, you know, really really tough six games for them. I think that the Bears outside of like maybe Arizona on the schedule again, like not a ton of like gimme wins, uh, and Buffalo cause they're just terrible. But, uh, you know, again, they got to play LA, they got to play, uh, uh, you know, San Francisco, they have to play the teams in their division. Like, it's just not, it's not a great schedule for them. Um, and yeah, like you said, like I, I made this point a lot of time, a lot with regards to fantasy, but it's like, uh, I I am a huge proponent of, like, because Matt Nagy is not John Fox, that is an upgrade. Huge proponent of that. But at the same time, like, I think people forget that the Rams literally went from being last in the league in points scored to being first in the league in points scored. Like, that's really hard to do. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably not going to happen again. For like a significant period of time. <laughs> um, so like while I like the coaching staff and the upgrades. I still don't think that it's enough to win games. I mean their defense was decent last year. Their offense I think should be a lot better. But uh, just not good enough for me. And I, I really I'd really try to stay away from the super trendy teams. And I think that the Bears are a super trendy team. So I, I will uh, go under.
1: The one thing... If you are a Chicago backer that you like is that their early season schedule is pretty easy. You know, they, they open up on the road in Green Bay, which is obviously going to be a tough game, but then it's home Seattle, away Cardinals, home Bucks, then a bye, then away Dolphins. So they could theoretically be sitting at, you know, three and two, maybe even four and one after week six. Um, and we've seen that teams that get off to a hot start like that can kind of, you know, exceed expectations. We'll see what happens. I'm not saying that I expect that to happen. But I'm just saying that if it does, I think that that would be a big reason why.
0: Yeah, I'd I definitely buy that. And, like, and again, like the X factor, like you said, is Trubisky. Like, we really don't know. Like, that's, like, we have no indication whether or not he's good. And, like, we can talk about all the upgrades that they've made you know, to a blue in the face, but, like, if Trubisky stinks, they're not going to be any good.
1: Right. Yep. Agreed. And I'm still not a huge Allen Robinson guy. Like... No, same. Yeah. So, we'll see. I think that Adam Shaheen going down uh, is an underrated thing, because I think that that guy's, like, a legit good football player. Um, Maybe it matters more for fantasy, and that, you know, now, like, Trey Burton, I think, is a clear guy that you want to target, you know, if you miss out on those elite tight ends. But... Um, I think that the real football impact of Shaheen going down is going to be an issue for them.
0: Uh, I definitely agree with that. Let's
1: move on to Tampa Bay. Just two teams
0: left. The Bucks have a six and a half game win total, plus one twenty on the over, minus one fifty on the under. Obviously, they'll be without Jameis Winston for the first three games. Uh, so, how does that affect like your projection of the team at and where do you have them over under?
1: Yeah, it, it matters to me. Um, you know, like say what you want about Jameis, but he's a clear upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like, (laughs) and he's shown that in the preseason. I know that some of the stuff that he's done, um, has come against backups, but it's, it's just pretty, pretty brutal that they're going to miss him for the first three weeks. Um, especially considering their schedule, they're at the road against the saints home for the Eagles and home for Pittsburgh. Like, that's a really, really rough start to the, to the season to not have your starting quarterback. So, uh, I think that the rest of the roster is, you know, not great in terms of talent. I love Gerald McCoy. Um, the, the defensive line, I think has the potential to be okay, uh, better than okay. But, you know, if they're in an 0 and 3 hole to start the season, that's asking a lot to dig your way out of. Uh, I'm gonna go under here, but, you know, I'm open to being talked into the over by you. Because I know you said you kind of like them.
0: Well, I mean, I respect their roster. Like, I think that they have talent. But when you start looking at, like, the schedule, I mean, you mentioned the first three games. But listen to the last six games. They play uh, San Francisco at home. That's a uh, long. home. (laughs) At home against Carolina. At home against the Saints. And then they play at Baltimore, at Dallas, and at home against Atlanta. Like, that's a really, obviously, you know, they get a bunch of those games at home. Four of those games at home. But that's a really tough six-game stretch. So, I mean, we've already mentioned nine games that are going to be really, really hard for this team to win. And, uh, you know, maybe they would win one or two of those. But, like, it's not like the middle of the schedule is, like, a complete gatewalk either. So I uh, I guess I'd have to go under. Like, I really I want to go over because I, I think the team is, is good. But, you know, the three games, that Jameis. And I think the overall depth of the schedule uh, makes it pretty hard for me to do that.
1: Yep, second toughest in the league per sharp football. So.
0: Let's go, Warren. Cardinals. Deemed the the worst team in the NFC by a full game. Five and a half game win total. The over is plus, is minus one ninety. Huge juice on the over. Uh under is plus one sixty. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I'm going under. Um <laughs> I love the juice on the under here, too, being plus one sixty. That's uh that's Love very tasty to me. Um, they're, they're a bad team, right? You know, like they have David Johnson, who we both respect. They have Larry Fitzgerald, who has been outstanding, but is 35 now. Like, would it really be unheard of for a 35 year old receiver to, to show some signs of decline this year? I don't think that that's a huge stretch. Um, and then outside of those two guys, like there's not a ton to like on the offensive side. Um they do have some blue chippers with Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones, but is are two guys enough to you know make a defense even average? I, I don't think so necessarily. So uh yeah, I think that this is a really, really tough spot. They have the the toughest schedule in the league. Um they have to play the NFC North, who we've talked about, and the AFC West, which is going to be really tough. And then obviously they have to play, you know, See uh St. Louis twice and uh I'm not St. Louis, old St. Louis, Los Angeles twice.
0: Just through shade.
1: (laughs) And San Francisco. So that's that's really tough. And the majority of uh their tough games this year come on the road. So it's there's just really not a lot to like about the Cardinals this year. Uh this is an easy under for me. I think that their you know primary focus, especially after they get off to a rough start will be, you know, getting Josh Rosen ready to go. So I think that that's another factor why I'm definitely liking the under.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect storm of shit for, for Arizona. Like, and we talked about how like the NFC West, like, isn't that great, but like that the Cardinals, like you're the shit, like you're the reason why the division's not that great. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, like you said, they have to play the two teams at the top that we, that we think are very good. Um, you know, this is a team that really outperformed their expectation last year. They went eight and eight. Uh, but if you look just uh, based on points scored and points allowed, uh, they were only expected to win 5.72 games based on Pythagorean wins. So, uh, you know, over two wins added, uh, you know, I think some of that probably does have to do with Bruce Arians, uh, got a ton out of that team last year. Uh, but this. a lot of it just has to do, with, yeah, and a lot of it probably just has to do with luck too. And I don't think that you're going to necessarily get that again. New coaching staffs, I think, uh, you know, can often struggle. I'm not really sure. I love the uh, the Ron Rivera coaching tree. Like, I don't. I'm not positive that's a thing. Um, and it's a defensive head coach with a rookie quarterback. You know, I think we've seen this a few times. In our in our past, you've obviously seen it with the Jets, Matt. I've seen it like, too
1: many times.
0: Right. Like you don't get the you don't necessarily get like the instant results. So uh, you know, I think a lot of things are really pointing to an under here. Uh and I think that Rosen is gonna play a really good bit of this season. I mean, obviously Bradford could get hurt. I mean Bradford could get hurt right now. Like <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh and rookie quarterbacks over the last five seasons are seventy and one hundred fifty six. Uh, that would prorate to about five wins in a single season. So, I, I don't really think you can expect them to win a ton of games and roses under there. You already mentioned the lack of weapons. So, I think overall this is going to be a team that really struggles to score points. And uh, unless their defense like just crazy overperforms, I think that this is an under. And the fact that we get plus one sixty on the under, I think makes it uh, an especially good wager. Super tasty.
1: Yeah, uh, at the Action Network we have their over projection. At six wins, they have, uh, just a 25.1% chance of hitting the over on that. So, um, at 5.5, you're obviously losing some push odds, but you're gaining a lot of equity in the juice. So, uh, I'm going to just head right into the my bookie pick of the week. It's the Cardinals under 5.5 at plus 160. I'm locking it in right now.
0: Lock, lock, lock. I love it. Uh my book it my bookie pick of the week is is the Niners. Uh plus one thirty on the over eight and a half. So I like both of those. I think I mean I think I I should say I think the Cardinals bet is also obviously very good. So uh get out and bet on these win totals. I mean, this is a lot of fun. Like obviously you have to set aside some money in your bankroll for a significant period of time.
1: That's the only Uh, reason
0: I don't bet more of these. Right, exactly. But they're just they're fun. Like they're just fun to track. Um and, you know, for some of these, you get, like, a pretty good sweat over the last, like, month or so of the year. So, get on that. That's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie. Next week, we'll be back with our AFC win totals. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on MyBookie for using promo code laying the Points. For Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Amico. May the odds be ever in your favor.